You're the Halloween nice. version of the Grinch. I would say so, yeah. Halloween's not really my holiday. Unbelievable. Gavin hates fun. In some ways, you could say that, yeah. In some ways. Yeah. Anyways, hey, welcome back to the MLS Now podcast. I'm your host, Russell. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Dangerous. You can find the podcast on Twitter at MLS Now podcast. You can find the man waving his hands in the air as though he does not care. And I can assure you from talking with him that he does not care about a lot of things. You can find him on social media at Lions Blog One. It's Gavin. Gavin, hello. What up? What are you not caring about today, Gavin? I, I know what it is. It's not Halloween. That's for sure. I'm not caring about Halloween at all. Little known fact, Gavin actually hates Halloween. It is now a widely known fact. It's really not my holiday. I am the anti-Halloween enjoyer. Right. It's like if you took everything that I enjoy about Vancouver and then you flipped that on its head, right? <laughs> and you said, I don't like to have any fun. I don't like to enjoy something from afar. In fact, I like to hate it from up close. You get Gavin's feelings on Halloween. Absolutely. That's that's an accurate description of hey, my feelings one thing, for this holiday. One thing Vancouver and Halloween do have in common, both very expensive. Yes, extremely expensive. Yep. I never want to pay for costumes. I never want to pay for props. I never want to go to Halloween parties. I don't want to give out candy. Just everything about it. It's not not for me. Not for me. So. Right. Yeah. Well, see, Gavin, if you had a credit card that gave you reward points and you just saved those and used them all on Halloween every year, you wouldn't have to pay for anything for Halloween. Correct. Yes. I purchased devil horns because I did dress up this year. Barely. Devil horns and a devil tail. And it was one thing at... Um, What's the store? Halloween Town? Spirit, or whatever? Of, Spirit of Halloween? <laughs> Spirit, of, Spirit Halloween, yeah. Um, Everyone Halloween knows Town. Spirit of That's Halloween. literally a movie. Yeah. Um, it was like 20 bucks for that. Over yeah, 20 probably. You could get that on Amazon for like $9. Amazon, no, total. Amazon was expensive too. Amazon don't, was more expensive. They had costumes for like 60 bucks. Don't buy costumes from Amazon a week or two before Halloween, Gavin. Well, I never think about my Halloween costumes, and I haven't worn a Halloween costume in like four years. Have you considered, Gavin, now that you were talking about Halloween, what did you need to do? Go onto Amazon tomorrow, or go to Spirit of Halloween tomorrow, and go get your stuff for next year at 60 to 80% off. Uh, my store's only 50% off day after Whatever. Halloween. Yeah. Okay, then wait two days. I don't know. They'll, they'll keep dropping it. They got to get rid of it somehow. Oh, I think they closed on 11 2. That's what ours said. Close on 11 2, 50% off um, to get rid of inventory. Look, I, I wish that I could say that I was surprised by that, but honestly, Gavin, I believe that Christmas season starts on September 1st. So you are a big proponent of that, as I learned earlier today on the phone. I wouldn't say that I'm a big proponent of Christmas season. I'm just a big proponent of being able to use decorations that are appropriate to keep outside for five months. 
if you put out Christmas decorations in like September, people will tolerate it. They'll be like, it's kind of early. We haven't had Thanksgiving or Halloween, but it is, you know, getting towards that time of the year for the holidays. And if you keep them out until February, people aren't going to say no. They'll be like, it's still winter. It's still yeah, appropriate. The, we'll allow it. If, it, if, right. if, if it's able to snow, we'll allow it. Right. Especially where you live. Yeah, I mean, I saw snow flurries today when I was getting dinner. So, yes, all of my coworkers complained that it snowed t- uh, all over the weekend. I work for a company in Minnesota, so. Right. And you live in a state that is not Minnesota. Yes, I, wor- I work and live in or-, or I live in Orlando. I work for a company in Minnesota. Um, so I always get to brag that it was 80 degrees outside today while they were complaining about the snow. Always a good conversation every day in the winter for months on end. Right. And every day. (laughs) It is the classic corporate weather conversation every day. Gavin, I've always said that you are essentially an honorary Midwesterner because Midwesterners love to talk about the weather. (laughs) Well, Minnesota is still the Midwest, right? It's like right there. Yeah, I would I would say it's the other edge of the Midwest, just like Ohio. Yeah, Ohio was yeah. one edge of the Midwest, and I think Minnesota could be the other edge of the Midwest. Well, what's next to Minnesota? Is that Montana? I don't I don't know. Gavin, what do I look like? A map? What do uh, I look no, like? A, a guy like a who has an internet browser open that I could type into it saying map of the United States? You that look like ridiculous. a blurry uh boomstick. Yeah, well, <laughs> There you go. That's what you get when you have a camera that has an autofocus that you cannot control on it. So hopefully you didn't makes, spend too much money on it. Makes no sense why this cannot be controlled, but here we are. Here we are. What can be controlled is this conversation. And I'm gonna loop us in to what we're actually here to talk about today. Huh? Right. We're here to talk about Halloween and that Gavin hates it. We already talked about that. Next topic is of course MLS Cup playoffs. Um before we dig into the games, let's let's just let's just tackle the the elephant in the room head on. Best of three series, liking it, hating it. I want to hear thoughts. I would say, if I was Caesar and I had my thumb out to the side at the moment, I would be tilting it somewhat down. I've I've not gone the full way down yet to sentence this format to oblivion, but. We're getting there. It's. I will say this, Gavin. I was very excited when my team played in the playoffs because it is a playoff match. It was difficult for me to maintain that level of hype for the other teams because I knew that this is just the first of at minimum two, maximum three matches for each of these teams. Nothing would be decided tonight. There's an advantage to be gained. But nothing would be decided on any of those nights that there were playoff matches happening. I don't love it. I'm open to seeing how it goes. I mean, look, we haven't got to game three yet. So if any of these matchups go to a game three, maybe the high of watching do or die game three soccer will really sell me on the idea of a best of three. But here's the thing. Single elimination is also do or die soccer. So I'm proud of you for getting to that because that's what I was going to say. 
Um, we, you have to get to the game three to possibly get what we would have gotten in a single elimination. I wasn't a fan. You know this. I wasn't a fan when they announced it before the season. And still not really a fan. Uh, one thing I'll say, interested to hear your take on, I missed a couple games of the playoffs. I will flat out say that. Um, part of that is down to what you said about how it's not as high of stakes. Obviously, it's the playoffs. You can gain advantage, but you can lose this game and still get through. Any of the teams that lost are still in it. And I'm not a fan of that for soccer. I get it. It's been around for basketball. Um, They do it in NHL. They do it in baseball. But this is not... I've never heard of a league doing it this way. And I'm not a fan of it. It didn't really make the games as interesting as they are when they're single elimination and all the teams are still in it. And so I didn't feel bad if I missed a game. I didn't feel bad. I, I missed Seattle versus Dallas last night. I fell asleep um, at the end of Cincinnati versus Red Bulls, so I missed the game after that, which was the SKC domination of um, St. Louis. And, like, yeah, I missed out on some good games, but I can watch the next one. Yeah, I will say, Gavin, if if you want to do yourself a favor, go back and rewatch SKC versus St. Louis because that was – if that was a regular season match, I would have been all over it. And a lot, I think that's ultimately what a number of these matches felt like is it didn't feel any different than just a good win in the regular season. Yeah, and something else that I've been kind of percolating in my mind over the last few weeks, and I don't know if I've come to a final conclusion on it, I'm not surprised that all of the home teams have won except for one because in a, in a single elimination match, we kind of talked about this in the league's cup, the, the away team, even though they're away, they have to go for it. They have to go for it. Single elimination. You have to win this game. So it's almost a a more even match. Whereas when you have this series, okay, the away team can kind of try to stick it out, try to get to penalties or try to nick the game, kind of like Nashville tried to do against Orlando. Red Bulls tried to do it against Cincinnati, but you guys were just too good for them. Try to nick the game on the road. And then if you do that, then you have the advantage because you have the home leg. And it's like, but if you lose, it's okay because you also you have the home leg to where you're expecting your team to perform and win and the other team to try and do that nick a performance thing. And so I'm not surprised the home teams have largely dominated this. Not only because they are the better teams in the playoff structure, but overall the away teams don't have to go for the win like they used to in the single elimination. Right. Or at least they don't have to go for the win right now. Right. Yeah. And that led to some meh matches, in my opinion. It did lead to a number of meh matches. It It's quite interesting, Gavin, because the scores by and large, actually felt like regular season scores. They didn't feel like playoff scores where it's a narrow contest between two very good teams that have made it into the playoffs. It felt like it was two teams that were going through the motions late in the season for a a number of these matches. Not all, but a number. And, I mean, just looking, you could look 
before the actual round one proper even started, New York Red Bulls five over Charlotte at two. I mean, this is a that's a single elimination do or die match, and it's five two. And then you had a number of equally large scoring games. We had another 5-2, for that matter, in the first round. We had a 4-1. We had a couple, you know. 3-0. Yeah, we had a 3-0. We had a 3-1. I mean, it's not like every single one of these matches were hard fought. They, They don't all need to be hard fought, but there were more one-sided matches than I expected. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, some of that is just like 2v7, right? It's the 2 seed versus the 7 seed. And one of the other things I didn't... I I think I said this um, when we first talked about it, but one of the other things I wasn't a fan of this is that this is going to weed out all of the underdogs, most likely. Like, e- like even SKC, who are the underdog against St. Louis, St. Louis could still come back and win. But other than that, all of the home seeds won. All of the home seeds won. And so the now we could see the away teams in the first round come back. Like that's also possible. But the advantage right now is with all of the higher seeds. And so we might lose almost all the underdogs in the playoffs. And that's kind of one thing that people love about the playoff system is those underdog stories. Um, the RSLs, the Vancouver's going through when no one gave them a chance to go through. So, Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though, Gavin. If they lose two matches, they had to have played at least one of them at home. Mm-hmm. And if they lose in three matches, that just tells me that you would have got the same result that you potentially would have got in a single elimination because they probably lost both matches on the road. Yep. Yep. So I I agree with you. It takes some of the magic away. However, it also is not, I think, surprising is the word that I want to use because in the playoffs, it's still the top seed has home field advantage. And if it's as strong as it is this year, then I would expect a mostly chalk sort of bracket to form. At least through round one. That's fair, because there is that delineation in both brackets between the top three, four teams and the rest. So I think that's fair. <sighs> All right. I'm glad I got that out of my system. I'm um, glad you got it out of your system as well, Kevin. I am thumbs down to for your reference. I figured. I'm, I yeah. assumed. <laughs> yeah. Um, that being said, we can sh- certainly... I was going to say surely and certainly we can certainly get into the games. Sure. Philadelphia. Yeah. No, no, no. I want to, I want to go crazy. Let's start in the West today. Okay. Let's do it. Let's start in the West. And we're going to start with the match that everyone wants to talk about. St. Louis versus SKC. Very fair start. Yep. Okay. Gavin, this was such a weird moment. St. Louis talked a very big game going into the playoffs, talking about how they were picked last, which they were, and they did finish first. Right right decision, I think, to call people out on that because 
It's not every day you can say, you picked us to be 14th in the West and we're number one. Get your get your bragging in during that period of time. I will tell you right now, though, Gavin, I did not have this on my bingo card that St. Louis loses 4-1. I mean, maybe a loss. But losing 4-1 and honestly, SKC looking like they could have had a lot more than 4 how much is there to worry? Because now they're going to go play at Children's Mercy Park for SKC. And again, home field advantage is pretty strong in MLS. This could be a two and out for St. Louis. Yeah. I think to answer your question, I think there is definitely some worry, especially with SKC's form over the last half of the season uh they haven't been you know perfect or amazing by any means but they've been solid enough to uh kind of relish this underdog status and be taken uh lightly in these playoffs and i think that was part of the reason why i said you know if skc are the team that go through that i might revisit my pick between st louis and skc because there was just something about a, a rivalry, an air quotes, matchup uh, in the playoffs. St. Louis's first ever playoff match um, as a team, as a club, I should say. Very emotional uh, game. And I don't know, it just seemed ripe for the underdog to get the win here. And SKC went out and did a really good job. Sometimes you have to throw form out the window in these matches and just... You know, it's two teams playing on grass. It's not on paper. And SKC just completely came out and overran and overworked this St. Louis team. I did go back and watch the game, Russell. Um, So I'm not just talking on butt here. So, yeah, it it was right for a underdog win, and that's what we got. And there's a lot... To circle back to your question, there's a lot to worry about because St. Louis now have to go to SKC and win, and they're absolutely capable of doing that. But at the same time, SKC are absolutely capable of getting the win and doing 2-0 against against the top seed in the West. Yeah, I think as as much as I hate to say this, I think... Peter Vermees coached about as well as you could have asked for this specific matchup. And maybe part of that is the fact that just the way Vermees plays is generally pretty favorable for a matchup where there's a really heavy physical pressing team attacking you. Vermees, his style is more resilient against that. However, I mean, it's you can't just say, oh, well, they play a good style and then win 4-1. Like, there is extra prep. There is, I mean, how many of these are set-piece goals for that matter? Like, a few. I think two or three. Yeah. Two? I mean, look, with the playoffs, I know it's not single elimination, but... How often have we seen teams that press succeed in the playoffs? 
it's tricky to see sustained success in the playoffs. They usually do okay in the first, maybe even the second game. I would say it's rare to see them struggle this early. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like with the most recent playoff runs and playoff win winners, it's the teams that are sitting in and are not necessarily bunkering or countering, but you know, just a little bit more solid at the back, not overextending themselves pressing wise, um, not taking too many risks at the back with possession. Those are the teams that tend to win games and get through. Even when the pressing teams of the past have gone on to win, they weren't pressing in the playoffs. The one that comes to mind are uh, Seattle and Atlanta. When they won theirs uh, recently, both teams were, they were kind of pressing teams in the regular season and then they kind of switched to a more, uh, Solid defensive unit come playoffs time. So something to be said about that, I think, in my opinion. But yeah, um, that's a good game to start with. St. Louis City are a huge risk right now of going out. Right. I and honestly, Gavin, I would say if they if they had lost two one, you can say it's hard fought, but there's so much momentum behind SKC on a 4-1 win away from home. And say SKC have the mental advantage too, that they know if they go to penalties, they are most likely going to win that shootout. Yeah. And so St. Louis are going to kind of have that in the back of their minds that we don't want this game to go to penalties. Gavin, I don't think this game is going to go to penalties for the record. No, no. I agree. Yeah, I think... My final takeaway from this match, St. Louis needs to figure out their back line. Yep. Because ultimately, that's, I think that's where their greatest point of failure was in this match. And I know sometimes you can say, oh, well, they got, they got scored on four times. Of course, their back line wasn't very good. But that doesn't mean that there was this big issue with it. It means that it just wasn't good on the night. No, I, I think whatever their plan was, whatever they rolled out with in mind – the players did not either have an idea of how to execute it or they were not prepared to play the right way against SKC because giving up four goals is not – I mean it's not something that we've seen St. Louis do all season. So clearly something happened. Some of it was just SKC worked harder in the key moment than St. Louis, in my opinion. Like, SKC just got to the ball first a couple right. times. So. And, counterpoint, actually, it's not even necessarily a counterpoint. I think f the three goals that SKC got initially had a combined total XG of, like, 0.3. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, some of, some of it is being unbelievably clinical mm -hmm. in very tight unexpected chances yeah so but if you've scored three goals on 0.3 xg again that just tells me your players aren't doing what they need to do because you shouldn't be scoring from there yep 
So, all right. all right. I think that's enough on that one. No, Gavin, we're going to do a whole episode <laughs> on St. Louis, of course. Of course. Yeah, no. Okay, Gavin, we're going to move to Houston versus RSL. Houston 2, RSL 1. I think both of us picked Houston to win this. I will admit I was not surprised by this match. It wasn't a high-profile match. It wasn't super high-scoring, but nothing that I nothing that I ex- didn't expect to happen happened. Um, I was surprised RSL found a way to score a goal because Houston dominated this match and... RSL really didn't have too many opportunities for uh, the majority. And then they just go up the field once and not, not the first time, obviously uh, it's more just an expression, but they go up the field. And one of the few times they go up the field, they uh, craft a chance for Diego Luna to score. And I was feeling really nervous for Houston at that point, actually that they were going to mess it up, but Nope. They get the goal through bossy. Uh, and deserved win for their domination. 72% yeah. possession on the night for Houston. I think for me that RSL goal and the overall style of play for the night just felt traditionally RSL. Well, I mean, it's hard because they do have all those injuries on their back line, and then right. they had an injury in the game to one of their back line players, so they're really struggling at this point with availability. Uh, so I get it. But it is also traditional RSL. Right. It, it's not something they're not used to dealing with. I swear this happens every single year. And the style of play, it, it happens every single year where it's – they're yeah. effective. They'll create three or four chances and they'll score one. But in a game of margins that is soccer, scoring one time is not always enough to win you a match. In fact, I yeah. would say l- largely it's probably ineffective in winning you the match because, I mean, you feel like you need probably at least two goals because so much can happen in 90 minutes. Especially in a playoff match. Right. Both uh, Most playoff ma- I was actually surprised with how many matches we had where only one team scored. And maybe that's a byproduct of the best of three. But in most single elimination playoff matches, both teams score. All right. All right, Gavin, we're going to move on to LAFC 5, Vancouver Whitecaps 2. This pained me to watch, I will say. Just put that out there. I enjoy Vancouver, and I've said that all season. And I feel like I, Yeah, I feel like I need to say it now. I don't want to walk boys. back my support and say, oh, I've always known it. No, I, I picked Vancouver to win over LAFC. For a hot minute there, I thought they actually looked like they – could put things together. I mean, mm-hmm. they transitioned really well, but just LAFC had the floodgates open at one point, and that was that. They were out. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like every important game LAFC are in, they score a set-piece goal. It I think LAFC like scored like four set-piece goals. They did. They did. Yeah, yeah they scored, a, I think, four out of their five were from set-pieces. But just um, conference finals, MLS Cup finals, they scored set-piece goal. Uh, in this game, they scored a set-piece goal. Uh, I think they scored set-piece goals in um, their CONCACAF Champions League run. Like I just feel like so many times when I turn on a big game for LAFC versus X team, I, I go into it and I'm like, they're going to score a set-piece goal. And then they do. 
And so it's just like some weird thing that happens with LAFC and big games, but corner kicks, they are so, so dangerous at them in these key matchups, even on like opening day of the season. I feel like they get set piece goals or like decision day. I don't know. So yeah, Seppi's goals uh, is the storyline for this one. Vancouver did look like a, a threat, but they they couldn't stop the, the Seppi's goals, and that was the main difference in this match. That was yeah, really I mean, it. When you give up four Seppi's goals, I don't care what team you are. It's game over at that point, yeah. Unfortunately. I am not super worried about them going to BC Place. I think they'll be fine at BC Place in the home leg of it. It's a turf field. I, teams play. Well, I think teams play even worse on this specific turf field as compared to other turf fields just because BC Place is. I swear, it's like. I don't know if it's a high or a low quality artificial turf, but it's so obviously different. Yeah. And. I mean, Cincinnati went there and they couldn't put three passes together because the ball just it bounces so much differently than what you expect. So, yeah, I, I'm not at all worried about them at BC Place. I think they'll be going right back to L.A. a week afterwards. OK, I like it. That'd be good. Yeah. I'd love to see Vancouver versus LAFC in a in a um, third match. I'd love to see that. That'd be a good one. Yeah, this is one that I I am calling for a third one. I hope it's a third one, just because especially again, I, off of international break. Right? No, That's, no, no, Kevin. It's before the international break. Oh, it is. Okay, okay. Yeah, they get they get through all of these, and then they go to the international break. Okay. And then Thank it's you. two weeks between the end of this and your first conference semifinal. Gotcha. All right. Re- you know, ridiculous, yes. absurd, absurd. But it is what it is. And if you win in two matches, you have three weeks between matches. Wow. Equally absurd. (laughs) Some of these teams might want to go to three matches just so they have the fresh legs. Like, I'm going to be honest. Sitting for three weeks is scary. Yeah, two. Okay. You know, that's a good rest. Three is. You might want to. You might want to get a friendly in there. Yeah, I start to worry. All right, our last West Coast matchup, Seattle 2, Dallas 0. Gavin, is Jesus Ferreira ever going to leave MLS? I think after the performance in this match, the answer should be no. (laughs) Uh, Like I said, I didn't see this match, and I haven't had a chance to rewatch it. I did see some highlight clips to where he had a couple misses, or at least one big miss. Yeah, um, he, it it was not a good night. For yeah, <laughs> quite a bad um, night. I would go so far as to say. Obviously, I think you know you're being a bit. Uh, what's the word? Um, reactionary. Reactionary or over mm-hmm. the top. Go um, go watch the match, will, Gavin. <laughs> you know how quickly things can change. You know that one hat trick in the next match and scouts are salivating so yeah um obviously not ideal for that miss and for um as i'm taking your word for a poor performance in a big match but right he has more opportunity to set that straight next game 
has at least one more opportunity. You are correct. Yes. As well, I believe Alan Velasco is probably done for the season with Dallas. Did he get injured? He went off injured. Yeah. Mm, that's unfortunate. He's had a couple of injuries these past few years. Um, I heard there was some penalty drama. I don't know if I would call it drama. Not drama? Okay. Some people might call it drama. I wouldn't. I guess some... There was, I guess there was a penalty. And... I mean, a penalty was awarded to Seattle. Mm-hmm. And I tend to agree with the decision to award it. Okay. The player from Dallas ran across and into the path of the person from Seattle. And I think if you were not in the path of the player, it probably does not get awarded. But they like cut in front of the other player and it, it's like – it's not like they cut in front of the other player and won the ball. They just mm-hmm. like cut in front of the other player. Oh, OK. So I – like – is the Seattle player looking for it? Yes, 100%. It's soft. goes down very easily. It's still a penalty based on the way that you got your body into that position, though. For me. Okay, okay. Just for me. I. Some people don't agree with it. That's fine. Unfortunately, there are... I think there are always going to be penalties that are more subjective in nature. This is definitely one of them. Okay. Like this this is not an obvious like letter of the law penalty. Okay, I just found it in the highlights package. All right. I can see exactly what you mean. I can see why what's there's your, a bit of controversy. I'm what's your sure. instant reaction? My instant reaction is if it's it's one of those where if it's called on the field, you don't overturn it. Did they overturn it? Or was it called on the field? Let me look. Oh, he ca- he called it on the field. Oh, okay. He yep, called it on the go. field. So, so yeah, this is one for me where it's like, if you call it on the field, you don't overturn it because there is contact. If you don't call it on the field, I don't think that it gets called a penalty. So it's really is at that point, it's up to the referee's interpretation of the law and what happened. So... Yeah, I can see why there's some controversy there. I, I, I'm, I'm not no really sure which way to go yeah. on that one. I'm not sure which way to go. I don't have an answer. That's all right. You don't need to have the answer because you're not a referee. This is true. All right, Gavin, we're going to hop back over to the East if you have nothing else to say about the West. Well, nothing more. Do you want to maybe just real quick, if you are looking forward to watching – Western Conference game two. St. Louis versus Seattle. Or Seattle. St. Louis versus SKC. Look at what you've done to me, Gavin. I didn't do anything. I blame you. Uh, St. Louis versus SKC is on the fifth. You've got uh, LAFC versus Vancouver also on the fifth. Houston versus RSL on the sixth. And weirdly enough, Seattle versus Dallas on the fourth, despite happening so recently. I. They were the last um, Western Conference game to be played, and they're going to be the first to be played next. Right. I have I have no make it make sense. 
Yeah, I, I have no explanation for it. It just is. Welcome to MLS. Welcome to MLS. All right, Gavin. Well, welcome to the East. Unfortunately, we only have three matches to talk about because Columbus versus Atlanta has not actually played yet. That plays on the 1st of November. Thank you, NFL Schedules, for basically being the cause of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's about, yeah. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, they play at Columbus first, which is a soccer specific stadium. So why they couldn't play the first match and then just keep the one that's scheduled on the seventh on the seventh, I I don't know. I wish I had an answer for that. Not a lot of uh, thought going into the scheduling <laughs> by the scheduling team. I'm not convinced they didn't just put everyone's matchups on a dartboard and throw darts at the wall that's what it looks like yeah yeah all right random well, number Gavin, generator for the times yeah i honestly your guess is as good as mine yeah. you want to draw straws carrier pigeon maybe a set a cow out in the field and wherever it decides to uh <laughs> you know set down you'd say okay that's that's the time that's the one that's the one anyway speaking of the one Number one seed Cincinnati versus number eight seed New York Red Bulls. That happened with a resounding 3-0 win for Cincinnati. It's so funny to me that this match was a mess. It was really poorly officiated, for one. Yes. Yes. Horrifically officiated. Wow, yes. And neither team was happy with the officiating. And both teams think that the official was giving too many calls to the other team, which I I think is interesting. Because probably the rest of the league does not believe that, but I can tell you what I've seen from each fan base. So please tell me the rest of the league is saying that Cincinnati were getting manhandled by New York Red Bulls and the ref wasn't calling fouls. Correct. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The one that sticks out in my mind is the slide tackle on, I think, Barreal. Clear contact made. Maybe not Barreal, but maybe it was Baji. I don't remember exactly who, but clear second half, clear slide tackle on the Cincinnati player. Ref doesn't call a foul. Then you guys do some minimal contact and he calls a foul. Right. Yeah. I, I think. Atrocious. And not only that, he gave a yellow. Did he give a yellow for that? Yeah, yeah. he gave a okay. yellow for that wow. as well. And wow. that that blew me away. I was like, that's the same. It's yeah. the same contact. Yeah. So um, it, it was, I agree. I remember watching the match and, and understanding why Cincinnati was getting so frustrated. Right. I'm glad that they managed to keep a lid on it. I think it was a very. Just well, about. Yeah. I, I shouldn't say they fully kept a lid on it. There was, <laughs> they. They had a few lashing out of their own, and I think in a different matchup, some of those lashing out instances, specifically I'm thinking of Baji, in a different match, he might get shown a red. So I don't think he punches. I think it looks like he punches, but I think his hand is open. I, it's is there so hard a, is to there, see from the camera Is there angle. an angle where his fist is closed? I didn't see any angle where you could see what his hand was doing. 
And so that's why he doesn't get a red, I think. Because even though it looks like he does the jabbing punch motion, he could have had his hand out. And I think just the fist versus the open hand is the difference between a yellow and a red. It's possible. I think as well the fact that there is retaliation from the Red Bulls player then makes it look like both sides are getting into an argument. If the Red Bulls player does not retaliate, Baji's maybe in more hot water. If it's not the Red Bulls on the receiving end of that, I think Baji's in more hot water. I think referees, while they buy what the Red Bulls are doing and give calls for fouls, I think as a result, you might be able to get away with things you normally can't get away with against other teams as well. I will say this. I agree with that. If the Red Bulls player goes down when Baji does the jabbing motion towards the chest, I think right. you could see a red card there. Absolutely. Yeah. So, which is p- pathetic when you think about the sport, but yeah. Um, well, here's the thing. You cannot give the referees the chance to make that call. No. Yeah. Baji's definitely lucky. Definitely. Yeah, because we know how good we know how uh, quote unquote good the officiating is. I I don't want to say it's good. Be very capricious with that word. But we know what happens when you put big moments in front of the referees in this league. And we have seen time and again them not live up to what is expected of them. So to get out of this situation, I think was definitely fortuitous. Yeah. I will say, I thought the Red Bulls got into some dangerous areas, but they just didn't really do much with it. Whereas you guys were clinical on the night. Right. We yeah, actually we didn't get into dangerous areas all that often, in fact. No. You scored all three of your shots on target. Yeah. I mean, and two of them were Barial scoring bangers of goals right yeah and lucho scoring a 45 yard goal (laughs) yeah which was great right like slow motion phenomenal i mean the second you saw it like sometimes there are players where you're like lift your head up look (laughs) lucho actually lifts his head up he looks he was aware and he has the skills to be able to put the ball into the back of the net from there yeah beautiful so overall i am i think i'm personally satisfied as a fan i think for the neutral this was a very physical match and i would expect gavin that you probably had some fun watching it yeah there we Mm -hmm. go that's all that really matters as long as everyone has fun yeah i mean I, i was very tired saturday night or sunday night um been we all day. were. Yeah, I definitely hit 74, 75 minutes and it was two zero. And I was like, all right, this I'm going to bed. But yeah, it was. um, Yeah, it's a good match for what I did. Yeah. See. Well, the uh, reverse leg of it, or I should say the home leg of it for Red Bulls. We don't know if this will be a two parter or if it'll be a three parter is coming up and. Interestingly enough, Gavin, I actually have more confidence in Cincinnati on the road given the fact that Red Bulls throughout the season tend to be better on the road than they are at home. So, yeah. I agree. Very interesting. I think 
I think Cincinnati are going to do that road thing where they're going to let New York Red Bulls have the ball a bit more and attack more, and that's going to leave space for Cincinnati to exploit. Right, and Cincinnati has been very successful in the regular season when they are a transition-oriented team. When you make them be a team that has to build and then break down another team, they typically don't fare too well. Yeah. Hey, last thing. Um, I know you had said at one point you would be surprised to see Bupenza play another game. Uh, He comes off the bench for this one. Were you surprised to see that? I was maybe less surprised after I saw him included. Okay. Yeah. So whatever has whatever has happened for the disciplinary reasons for which he was held out, either they worked past it or gave him a final warning or made an agreement or whatever. That said, I don't know if he'll start this coming week either. I think they're gonna make him they're gonna make him show that he deserves to be starting. That's fair. Yeah. And considering two of the goals came from involvement from Don Baji, I don't know how you put Don Baji on the bench right now. No, yeah, Baji's gonna have to have a stinker. Um yeah. for Bupenza to have to come in. Um and then Bupenza will have to do his part and have a good performance. So yeah. Right. Okay. All right. On to the next. On to the next. We have Philadelphia versus New England. I hate that we're going to talk about this subject once again for seemingly the fifth or sixth time this season. I would love to be talking about the game. However, Gavin, recently some news about allegations that uh, Kai Wagner of the Philadelphia Union used a slur towards a player who is Japanese-American as well as African-American, Bobby Wood. The league is investigating, has put out a statement about it. They are aware of it. It went into the referee's match report. I don't think they handled this on the field very well because we have seen instances in the past where racial slurs have been alleged to have been used and they really paused those matches for quite some time. They talked to the players. They talked to the coaches. They brought the captains together. They went through a whole process that I didn't see play out in this match. Maybe it did at light speed. I don't think any of that process actually played out. So I, I don't love how they handled this. Or the yeah, I, I think not doing some of that is against policy. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure they have so. to. Unless they did it. And like you said, they just didn't show it. And yeah, so uh, we'll have to see. I don't have the athletics. so can't read the article, but Maybe it's in the article. I just obviously haven't read it. But yeah, sad news. Um, hopefully a misunderstanding. Hopefully a misunderstanding. But I mean, uh, usually these things are not misunderstandings. No. And Gavin, I I don't remember if we talked about this, and I think we did talk about this outside the call on whether or not the frequency of these incidents is increasing or whether or not it is that players feel more comfortable to report it when it happens. And what I would allege is that the frequency is unlikely to have gone up. I think players are reporting it with greater 
belief that the league will do something. Yeah, that's my thought as well. It's more, um, okay, we've started to see a trend of when this gets reported, some sort of action takes place, a, a proper investigation happens, they look into it, um, and then there's outcomes, as we saw with a couple of cases this season already, unfortunately. And so I, I do think it's more, okay, we've we've got that past, we've got that uh, baseline, and now we feel comfortable reporting it because we know there's a process in place to handle these sorts of incidents. Whereas before, maybe it was kind of like, oh, this guy sucks, but I'm not going to report it because nothing's going to happen anyways. Right. So I, I don't look at whatever the reason I don't like it. Just for yeah, the record. I mean, not a but fan. you, you have to, I mean, this is, this is how you root this out of the league. So Good on Bobby Wood for reporting it. Hopefully the league investigates and whatever the outcome is, they take the appropriate action because if Wagner said it, should not be in the league. He's what been a way in the league to, long enough. I was about to say, he what a way to better. ruin your reputation. He's already yeah. announced he's leaving and that's the last thing you do potentially. If that's the case, yikes. Um, what a terrible, terrible, terrible thing to do um okay so on the match itself another chippy game as they usually are with philadelphia verse well i meant to say just as they are with philadelphia playing Um, right with philadelphia versus literally anyone literally anyone. but i think this went as expected with the form of the two teams heading into this game um philadelphia deserved winners all things considered. Right. I am so curious, though, what's going to happen in the round two matchup. Because if Wagner is held out from the upcoming match, I think Philadelphia are good enough that they can still win it. But is there a galvanized New England team that now has a point to prove? Is there a Philadelphia that's going to suddenly have some disarray? And maybe they're focusing on drama in the locker room instead of getting ready for this match. Or do they completely zone it out and they take care of business and they move on and then they deal with it during the three weeks they have off? I I don't know. But any of those things could happen. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I think Philadelphia, um, this is kind of their, their last shot to win MLS cup with this team. And I think that's kind of going to be a galvanizing effect for them. Uh, Bedoya leaving. Obviously we talked about Wagner leaving. Um, Carranza might be getting some looks. Um, God's dog as well. There's a lot of pieces changing and you wouldn't expect them to be the dominant team that they have been. And so I think they're feeling that this is kind of last chance saloon for this group to uh, go and win MLS Cup. So uh, they they also have that to rally behind. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We shall see. Yep. Gavin, final match of the East. It's your boys, Orlando versus Nashville. Riveting, exciting, thrilling 
Amazing. Some say a classic for the ages. One zero win. <laughs> yeah. Um, Orlando City posted their record number of shots this season in this match. 25 in a single game. Uh, complete dominance from Orlando, but they just couldn't turn it into goals. That has been a theme this season where we don't make our domination count at times. Uh, and I thought we were going to rue our missed chances early in the game. You had Facundo Torres very early on um, getting through on goal. Uh, ball bounced his way. He just couldn't score. Um, we had the one where Maurizio Pereira had all he had to do was one time hit it and he takes a touch and it's a really, really good um, defensive tackle. Uh, I can't remember who did it on the team, but you, you, Against Nashville, you need to know you don't have time in the box because they load so many bodies in there. When you get the ball to fall to your feet like that in the box, hit it towards the net. Uh, instead, Pereira takes a touch, loses the chance to score. That would have put us 1-0 up. And it took what is kind of expected in a te- from a team who loads so many bodies in the box. It took a banger from outside the box. Cartagena is on the highlight reel. He's on probably on Sports Center Top 10. Uh, with that amazing shot, um, one of the best shots you'll see in these playoffs. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, a good good game overall. Nashville had some chances as well as they always do. But uh, when you play on the margins like Nashville do, sometimes you're going to get unlucky and they didn't finish their chances. And so I think Orlando come out deserved winners on the balance of things. I have to ask you, Gavin, is Nashville's scoring woes down to Gary, their coach, or is it possible that they just continue to whiff on signings? Because I'm starting to think it's not the signings. Uh, I think with the sport, it's almost like a numbers game sometimes. And you need to put your players in a position to have chances to score. And Gary's style of play doesn't put Nashville into positions to score enough. They are so deep on defense that it takes longer for them to get into the attacking third. Or if they don't, move up as a a whole entire team as a whole entire unit, then they're only sending two to three guys forward. Remember in leagues cup, they were about to lose the game. They sent three guys forward on a counterattack. That's because they're so far away. And so it takes a lot of luck, I think, or, you know, not luck. It has to be perfection. It has to be perfection in the final third. And they did that a couple of times. They created those chances a couple of times. But Surge fires over from close range. Galese makes a good save off a deflection. And the perf- the perfect moves didn't end in a goal for them. But it's onesie-twosies, whereas Orlando had 25 shots in the match. So I, I do put it more towards Gary. Okay. I agree with you. That was a long-winded answer, but I agree with you. I got to give some context. 
good. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a good podcaster if I just, oh yeah, it's Gary. The end. I don't know. It depends. If the people listening would like to listen to a podcast that only lasts for eight minutes, you'd be a perfect podcaster. an hour and eight minutes. Eh? Right. Eh? Well, Eh. we're sitting at 58 right now on this recording, so. I think we can call it there then. Right. I think we can likely call it there. People will not hear a full 58 minutes. This will get edited down, but. All right. Well. Gavin, get excited for round two of the best of three of the round one. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, man. Columbus, Atlanta tomorrow night. Seven yeah, three. also that. round. That's round one of round one round, of the best of three. Round of three. Blah, 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 yeah. blah. So Saturday is New York Red Bulls versus Cincinnati. Sunday for the East. There's no East. And then Tuesday is Atlanta versus Columbus and Nashville versus Orlando. Right. And then Wednesday is Philadelphia versus New England. <laughs> oh, I missed that one. Yeah, New England. Right. No, I. it's okay, Gavin. I got it. I can I, count. I, After 11-7 comes 11-8. We, I am excited for Friday, November 10th. We have some Friday night soccer. They need to implement that next year. You got some Friday night football? Friday night football. I love it. Yeah. With, with the U. F-U-T. Yeah. Friday night football. Right. Yep. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Sounds good. Well, Gavin, look forward to those matches. They're going to be here before you know it. Listeners, thank you very much as always, Gavin. Appreciate you hopping on as always. Remember, you can find Gavin on social media at Lions Blog One. You can find me on social media at Mr. Dangerous. You can find the podcast on social media at MLS Now Podcast. Everyone, thank you very much. Enjoy more soccer till next time. Till next time.